MedVet listeners, this is Keith coming at you from the Camera Social Studios. And today we have the pleasure of speaking with Jared Tolman. Jared Tolman is currently working for uh, UT Southwestern Hospital here in Dallas, Texas. Yes, and going along with the theme of Veterans Day, we're talking to another veteran and just really want to get their perspective and, you know, share their stories. So I'm looking forward to this conversation with Jared. The Force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. Hey guys, can you hear me? Okay, there y'all are. Sir, how's it going? How's it going? Good. How are you guys? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's Monday. You know, it's November. Yep. And the weather is really good outside. <laughs> I like what. Yes, week. I know. I feel like oh, I feel like I need to call in sick and uh, go enjoy the weather. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if I play golf, I'll be out there on the golf course right now. <laughs> Jared Tallman from UT Southwestern joining us, and Jared, he has been a a, a fellow veteran that has served. And also, you know, we, we I, I met Jared, I would say, about uh, almost two years ago at, at one of the conferences that we've had for the minority suppliers. So it was it was great that to hear that you're a veteran. And um, thanks for all that you do, Jared. Thank you. My pleasure. Um, always grateful to meet other vets and talk to other vets. Uh, I feel like we're uh, a unique community the army if they're navy or marines it just seems like we all have a secret language mm-hmm. and a secret look to us it seems like we all can find <laughs> each other in a room very very quickly whether we're in scrubs a suit and tie mm-hmm. or up at home depot and in, in lawn outfit clothes trying to get some more uh stuff to fix the house or do some honeydew list or something so yeah and i kind of look at it as a brotherhood you know i've never Absolutely. you know been a part of a uh, fraternity but i look at you know the military as kind of guy that i can kind of call on you know i've learned from i grow with you know as well kind of in you know a, a similar fashion absolutely yeah like jared said i mean it doesn't matter if you're the air force military army marines you all went through some type of training basic training to say the least right and you had to make that decision to which branch you want to join you made that sacrifice that's where i look at for it. sure you know uh, yeah that's perfect yes made that sacrifice for whatever reason whether it's um you want to see the world you want to better yourself or Sometimes it's a combination of the both. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's just like, for me, it's like, you know what? I really just don't know what I want to do yet. And yeah. I'm 18 and I'm supposed to know what I'm supposed to do, at least according to my parents. Like, Hey, what are you doing next? And well, I don't know. Let's go see the world and serve my country. And along the way, pick up some skills and hopefully when I'm ready, I can transition or do a career and just, and then the, the opportunities are just endless. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes there's, yeah, for those days, I think so all, all vets connect. I was enlisted Marine, so some days are better than others, obviously. Uh, but, you know, through time and, you know, you really become very close to one another. Absolutely. I think fraternity was a good uh, a good way to bring about. Yes, it's a fraternity of brothers. Mm-hmm. And it's very funny. I always never forget the first time in boot camp when you graduate. And that first time that you put on civilian clothes, at least in the Marines, it's funny how you meet people from – completely different walks of life, but because they take away your street clothes, your identity is taken from you. And mm-hmm. so they, at least the Marine Corps, they, you know, they knock you down the lowest possible way they can. 
and then they have a really good way of building you back up. So it's very interesting to see your new friends when you first get them in their clothes. Like, whoa, okay, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Philly. I'm from Boston. I'm from, I was from Midwest at the time. I had friends from Southern Cal, Northern Cal. And it's funny how some of those friends are your friends for life. So mm-hmm. in my case, I was on ship for a while in the Marine Corps. So it get really tight when you've got like 50 guys in a, mm-hmm. in a room, uh, kind of as big as our office space at Southwestern. And you've got your bunks there and everything there. So you're there for 24 hours a day, seven days a week for eight months floating around in the uh, Pacific Ocean. So wow. you get pretty, pretty close pretty quick. So Hey, so if you don't mind, real quick. So for our listeners, I just want to back up. So let us know, oh, Jared. Sorry. Which? No, no, you're absolutely fine. Trust me. <laughs> I, I would like to know which, because I, I don't even know which branch of the military service. Okay. The Marines. I, see, I, I listen. I pay attention to you. No, to that's fine. What made you want to take that decision to join the Marines? Well, my grandfather was a Marine. My grandfather was a Korean Marine uh, mm-hmm. back in the day in the 50s. Uh, so I always remember seeing on my grandmother's nightstand a picture of him in his dress blues. Um, and it was just kind of like, what is that? You know, I was like, oh, it's grandfather. Oh, okay. I didn't think much of it when you were younger, but you always saw that. And yeah. then as I kind of got in the teenagers, you know, freshman, sophomore, um, the junior in high school, it's like, okay, what's next? And I grew up in a very uh, blue collar family. My dad was a union, uh, union man for 40 years, grew up in the Midwest, moved down to Texas uh, in the late 90s, or I'm sorry, early 90s. So I didn't really have a connection with Texas. I kind of wanted to go see the world. And, you know, it came time to go, okay, to go to college. You do uh, go to trade school. What is it? And I really didn't know. I didn't have a plan. So mm-hmm. uh, the funny story is a good friend of mine, um, we were – at football practice one day and he's like, Hey, you know, football's almost over, you know, we're seniors. What are we going to do in, in North Richmond Hills? There's a recruiting office off a of roof snow. Not anymore. It used to be back in 92. And he said, this be Marines. And we pulled in the recruiting office and I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, wow. So it's funny how you saw that in my grandfather, my grandmother's uh, bedroom for years. And then just on a whim, my buddy was like, Hey, this is from the Marine Corps office. So we went in there, spent a couple hours in there, talked to my recruiter like, yeah, yeah, it sounds good. Sounds good. And then after that, kind of went home and just kind of talked more with my parents on, okay, would this be a good move? Um, you know, what do you think? And then after, you know, a few months, uh, you know, talked to my parents and talking to the recruiters with all the required testing, physical and other stuff. We said, you know what, let's, I think this would be a good shot. Let, let's mm-hmm. do something. Uh, and then we had a plan. It's like anything, right? You know, you plan and then you just kind of set forth that here we go and that's kind of how it started. So it's kind of an interesting process of that is. Um, so it was a combination of, you know, knowing that my grandfather did that uh, combination of buddies saying, Hey, let's do something. Mm-hmm. Um, what are we going to do? And then just kind of taking the leap of, all right, let's investigate. Does that make sense? And then once I had my heart set on that, it sounded like, you know, let's not worry about applying to colleges. Let's just put all that on hold for now. And let's go. So yes, I mean, that sounded good and mm-hmm. went through basic training going, Oh my gosh, I'll never forget the first 72 hours of the Marine Corps. They, um, you know, their whole thing is a sleep deprivation to try to break you down. And I remember having your head shaved. Mm-hmm. I don't know what day it was. You know, you're probably 24, 48 hours in. Um, you can't, you have to request to go to the restroom. They, they make sure you don't sleep and you're sitting there looking in the mirror going, man, what am I doing? <laughs> so I remember having that moment of, oh my goodness. But then by the time you wake up on that, you're dropped to your boot camp platoon and it starts and the Marine Corps starts very, very, very quickly. And next thing you know, you, you live throughout, you go day after day and then boom, it's over. And next thing you know, I was, 
at infantry school. And then from there it was, Hey, you're going to Hawaii. And then it seemed like it was just very fast. Every time I got to a unit, it was like, Hey, we're getting ready to deploy in three months. Let's go. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was great. I mean, it was so many great experiences for me in the nineties. Yeah. Of course, after September 11th, they went from train, 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 see the world to, Hey, you know, now it's, you know, in action. Yep. You're right. It really was. So I always tell people I joined two different Marine Corps. I joined the Marine Corps where I can probably out press anybody on when you want to talk about pressing clothes. I'm probably the best person you've ever seen about pressing clothes, (laughs) Um, shining shoes, because in the 90s, when I first went in, that's what you were kind of graded on. So when it was Mm -hmm. who's the best, the best is how what's your PT score, your rifle score. But how's your appearance? You know, how how shiny can you make your boots how stiff can you make your uh, camis how sharp are your uniforms how good are your inspections and mm-hmm. then after september 11th it became okay how proficient are you in your job so it's kind of funny how all those things just kind of change very very rapidly um but no it was good i mean like i said i had the honor and privilege of serving a lot of uh great men across this uh not only this country but across the world i mean i have yeah. friends who literally were and I didn't know you could do this. You know, they were first generation from Mexico, first generation from Africa. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a guy in my first unit that was from uh, the UK. He was a British Marine, just said, Hey, I wanted to be an American. Uh, we had a Canadian Indian from a Indian reservation. So again, you just met just so many different people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, this is really cool. But then we, after you put, we all put that aside and became Marines and you, you could count on every one of them at a moment's notice. I mean, today with, social media, I can still connect with any of them very, very quickly. And it's funny, whether it's been 20 years, 10 years or five years, it's pretty quick how it feels like it was just yesterday that you were, you know, sharing a barracks room with them or sharing a beer with them, or you're getting rained on in a training op or you're serving overseas in, in Iraq, trying to, uh, you know, get through the next day. Yeah. You know, what's funny is, you know, you mentioned how, you know, not just the Marines, but I think military in general is, you know, they break you down, but they build you up. And that's one of the things that I never really was prepared for. I was prepared for being broken down, but the way that they built me up, I think made me a, um, a much better person yeah. you know, because of that. And, you know, one of the things, you know, you mentioned also during your 48 semi-trial period is when they shave your head, I never really understood why they shaved everybody's head. Um, but is, you know, we look at, uh, I learned that our hair is kind of our personality. And so they wanted to kind of strip you out of that personality and say, hey, we're all in one unit, you know? So that was kind of interesting, you know, to me at that time. Yeah, I agree. I would say um, it was fulfilling, you know, like as you mentioned, Jared, to me, basic was fulfilling in the sense that, you know, as you progress through those weeks, you got to see those newcomers coming in, at least for me in the Air Force, right? You got to see those newcomers coming in. It's like, man, this guy, he doesn't have his shit together. Or they're not going to make he's it. He's not like, going to make it. And you kind of seen yourself advancing through those yeah. weeks. Well, it, it's it's very true. I know going back to my boot camp experience, you guys mentioned you saw the other folks. In the Marine Corps, they really segregate you off, right? So they mm-hmm. call it, and it's changed since then. So this is going to date me. I'm, I mean, this is back in 1995. But they had first, second, third phase. Mm-hmm. So we were, in, we were in first phase. The Marine Corps does a really good job about humbling you, right? So you, they, they don't let you wear the uniform like you see the Marines and look proud. They make you button your top button, uh, your your bottom of your cami trousers are rolled up, kind of looking goofy, your, your hat's too big, because they want kind of everyone to know on 
to the um, I went to San Diego. Mm-hmm. I'm a Hollywood Marine. Everyone to know on the depot that you are. Oh, that that's first phase. You know, you can look at them whether it's two feet in front of you or you know a block in the middle. Like okay, they're in first yeah. phase. And so back in the '90s, you know, you did all that stuff. And then the big thing was you got to go to up to Pendleton to Edson Range is where you learn how to shoot Marine Corps way. If you go up there, well, there they couldn't be as harsh on you because now they're going to introduce you to weapons. You're going to introduce you to you have to qualify. So you, you still was very rigorous and you knew who the drill instructors were, the authority figures, but they couldn't scream at you on the rifle range because, you know, obviously you have live ammo. But then after you graduate, I'd say not graduate, but after you pass second phase, you get to third phase. That's where they would let you, OK, put down your collar right, start blast, start blousing your boots start looking not a marine they're not gonna ever call you marine until the very yeah. very end at least back in the 90s but you actually you started marching better uh, they the drill instructors sing cadences to you they would do certain things to kind of build you up because that's where you start feeling the buildup, right where it's almost mm-hmm. like you're graduating beyond the drill instructor's control i mean the squad leaders are running their squads i mean you're it, you can start seeing the discipline the marching and just the way you do things it's just it's like you become a well-owned machine by third phase. And then, of course, it builds up for graduation. And then from there, you're released to whatever your uh, discipline is going to be. If you're going to go to the infantry, you go straight to your infantry school. If not, you go to, um, they used to call it MCT, Marine Corps Training, which is kind of like a mini infantry class for the non-infantry Marines because mm-hmm. every Marine's a rifleman. So they would send the males and the females through that course to make sure they're indoctrinated about what infantry rifle platoons do. So if it came about, they had to be deployed to them or with them, they'd understand and be able to participate if, if it came to that. So, but yeah, I mean, but I always tell people, I said, you know, if you're looking back to the boot camp and infantry school were pretty easy, mm-hmm. I would say the hardest is, at least for me, back in the 90s, when I finally got dropped to my infantry unit back in, what is it, February of 96. Because you show up, then you think, okay, I'm a Marine now. I've got this. I've got that. But you've got some hardcore guys there. And, you know, they're going to tell you real quick, you don't know anything. You know, you just got a taste of what your job is. And I've heard from other vets, from other services or other MOSs in the Marine Corps, that your training really begins when you hit those units. Because, again, your basic school, whether you're working on jets or your basic infantrymen, when you hit your unit, that's when they really help you start refining and learn your craft. Mm-hmm. And that's where it really takes the next level. I mean, some, some cases you have a, a seasoned, you know, senior sergeant, or sometimes you're at a unit that has a lot of junior um, folks in it. So you almost just have to have, you know, the ability to learn very, very quickly. And then sometimes you get thrown into leadership roles very, very early in your, in your career. And it's funny how I learned personally what to do and what not to do as a leader as an individual because sometimes you know i grew up playing a lot of sports varsity sports in high school so i'm like okay i know how to do this leadership thing but it's funny once you got thrown into it in the marine corps setting you make a lot of mistakes <laughs> and of how to lead people how to talk to people and it's it's really just a learning thing it, people realize you might have a a gift for leadership everyone says oh that, that person's a born leader but you really don't start leading, I would say, until you're actually thrown into the mix and trial by fire. I mean, that's always credit yeah. Marine Corps for my experiences. You know, I learned what to do, what not to do very, very quickly. And sometimes with good leaders and bad leaders, some of my best experiences were having awful leaders 
because I, you know, I tell myself, I'll never do this. I'll never do that. Or I would wish they would do this. So what, what would you say are some of those traits that you've taken from the military that are still useful to this day in, in your career path right now? I, I would say for my last, I would say since joining the civilian ranks, I think my first thing is just respect, you mm-hmm. know, and, and then integrity. You know, I tell staff members today that, listen, I want to have a, I have an open door policy, but you know, you're going to respect your, you know, your, your pod lead, you're gonna respect your manager. So if you want to come speak to me, um, that's fine about a topic Mm. or an issue, but realize the first thing I'm going to do is ask your, your leader, your manager, or your team lead, Hey, what's going on with John Doe? So Mm. out of respect for them, let them, Hey, I'm gonna go talk to Jared. I I have an issue. Okay. I said, they know my policy, they'll support it, but Mm -hmm. be respectful to him or her and let them know, Hey, I want to go talk to him. And this is what the topic is. Yeah. Uh, so I think the main thing is integrity and respect, but then also give them respect in the time. And then I always tell folks, don't come to me with problems without solutions. Now, if mm-hmm. you want to complain, that's fine. But you know, what is your solution? If they say, Hey, this isn't working understood. What's the solution? You know, I'm a Christian man. So yeah. you know, my bringing up my four kids up in the, Christian faith. And, you know, we, we reiterate those things, you know, mm-hmm. um, respect, you know, treat everyone like you want to be treated. And it's funny, those little things like my seven year old dog, like, yeah, yes, dad, I understand that's easy. And I'm thinking, you know, it's great. You say it's easy. Let's hopefully you maintain that because yeah. I think some, so, somewhere throughout life, sometimes I think we forget that. And I think mm-hmm. if we could all kind of have those lessons learned through biblical or through kindergarten. And then from me, from my military experience, keep those, I mean, you sky's the limit for you. Because yeah. I think nobody will follow a leader. I mean, you will for a while. Anybody will follow the leader because, I mean, we all have a mortgage to pay. But after a while, it's like, you know, this, I'm going to definitely make moves so I can uh, make changes if I can. You yeah. Know, yeah. I've heard a saying once before somebody said, you know, if you're leading and no one's following you, you're just on a walk. And I thought that was always kind of funny. But then I also liked, you know, John Maxwell talks about the five different leadership levels. And I like how he talks about one of the most important things a leader should do is, let's promote your people. Let's get them ready for the next thing. If you mm-hmm. have people that are leaving you and they're getting promoted internally, externally, that's a reflection of your leadership. Don't, mm-hmm. don't be intimidated. If you hire somebody who's smarter than you, better than you, you know, cherish that and, you know, help them. I mean, maybe you can develop on, maybe it's public speaking. Maybe it's, you know, helping them find two, some one little item that they need and boom, the sky's the limit for them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing to say they can't be peers with you later, or maybe you're, they're your boss later, or maybe they're advocating for you later on for a reference or something. So, Hey, you know, this person's really great. This is what they did for me. And that's the type of thing that I think people want to work with those types of leaders. So I go, I take that back to my Christian faith, kindergarten, but then also the military, because you see that all the time. I mean, you see so many guys in the military who, once they get it, don't be intimidated by hiring the best person working with somebody who's better than you. I mean, you, I mean, I'm sure you all saw it in the Air Force too. Some of the guys that you were maybe basic training with, you're like, okay, there's something special about this guy, and boom, next you know they're an OCS or an officer, and you're like, whoa, okay. Yeah. Um, I had an issue, and or not an issue, but I had a something weird happen to me, and um, when I was in Camp Lejeune, you know, back in 2005 or no, two, yeah, 2005, where I walked in the company office, I don't know anybody, I'm just checking in. And you know, I'm a West Coast guy, so West Coast Marines and East Coast Marines don't really get along too much. It's kind of like, <laughs> what? we gotta learn more about that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little, it's a little rivalry thing. It's almost like, 
I don't know. It's it's uh, it's like Ford and Chevy. You know, you're you're very, you know, the East Coast guys are very. Oh, we went to Paris Island. We're gung ho. This the West Coast guys, they're just Beach Boys and whatnot. So there's it's kind of a fun little rival. The Marine Corps always got it. Okay. So going to Camp Lejeune was kind of like um, going to a different country for me. And so everyone's like, oh, it's it, you can kind of see it. it's like a vet thing. They're like, oh, you're a West Coast guy. I'm like, yeah, I am. And so I was sitting in the company office and I ran into a guy. I didn't know him directly, but he knew a lot of the people I knew in high school. And he was a, mm -hmm. he was the um, administrative Lieutenant. So I'm talking to this guy about, you know, girls I knew in high school, girls he knew and, and buddies, a lot of, and he was, he was really interesting. Everybody kept looking for like, Hey, how do you know this guy? But by knowing him, it actually helped me with some of my stuff I need for my ratings and, and getting <laughs> some of my stuff squared away because then he's telling me, Hey, give it the staff sergeant over there and get you taken care of. And it, and he's kind of like, what? And you know, it's time I was only a sergeant. So it was very interesting how sometimes that stuff works as far as, you know, integrity, you know, how you treat mm -hmm. people. And then, they sometimes, you know, don't look at you as the rank. They look at you as the person and mm -hmm. it's very beneficial. Yeah. You know, one of my takeaways from the military, you know, we, as we were talking about, um, you know, core values was, yeah, we, you know, learn about integrity. But one that really stands out for me was service before self, you know, yeah. basically just putting, you know, your, your, your brothers, your sisters ahead of yourself and really making those sacrifices. So mm -hmm. Yeah. So for me, it was service before self. You know, I think that was the uh, part of the core values for the Air Force. I think it was, yes. Integrity first, service before self. And then honor else. what you do. So there you go. Yeah. Look at that, KP. It's been it's yeah. been some years, too. It's huh? been about what, two decades now. <laughs> I know. I feel old. You say that. I'm like, woof. I'm going to think about yeah. that. Yeah. So, no, but I think overall, it's just great. Like you guys said, I mean, I think it's awesome that. You know, we live in the country, you don't have to serve, but I always yeah. feel like, you know, there's so much for, especially young men, I think should all serve just because the blood, the, the integrity, the life lessons that you get is just, I mean, you can't pay for that stuff. No, I mean, yes, can't. it was hard. There was times where you look and go, oh man, that was a bunch of. What would you do it like again? That. Yeah, I would. I, I definitely yeah. would. Um, you know, just because I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I, I truly mm -hmm. believe that. Uh, I don't know where I'd be today. I'm not saying, I mean, sometimes you say, okay, I'd be further in my career if I didn't go to the military. That people ask me that. And I say, you know, I don't know. I, I won't yeah. say no, just because some of the leadership lessons I learned in the military, especially in your enlisted side, especially your young enlisted NCO, you can make some mistakes and a senior NCO will help correct you and get you on the right path. In corporate America, if you're a manager or higher and you make some of those little mistakes that could end in a termination um, or you could get blacklisted because, you know, just, you know, little things like how, like your tone, how you work with people. Yeah. And, and a lot of times in the military, you don't do that because you're mean. It's just sometimes the inexperience, right? When you get a task, like, Hey, this is mission critical. I need this done. Sometimes emotions get involved and sometimes, you know, good leadership isn't executed or, or good planning isn't executed just because you hadn't been in that scenario. So I think, mm -hmm. Even in the, in the coronavirus and start happening at UT Southwestern, the operational temple was obviously increased from what it already was. But in the Marine Corps, we always just joke every day is a tragedy because they're always pushing, you know, it seems like mind games or always scenarios are always testing you. But they were right. The second combat hit or a mission hit, it was like, OK, no big deal. This is like a no, just a normal day. Mm hmm. 
You know, you know, the Marine Corps is key of you're working all day on a task, you're getting it done in peacetime. And all of a sudden three o'clock, something would hit. It's like, man, why don't they let us know at, at 10 o'clock on this? I could have had that done in an hour. So, but I think they always do those curveballs, if you will, at you to, well, and ultimately prepare you for a, a live mission, whether it's a, um, you know, we did a humanitarian mission back in 97 for some Kurdish refugees out of Guam. Uh, and then, you know, in Iraq in 05, you know, and then in 2001, 2002, uh, you know, an enduring freedom too. So all those little things led up to all the little games in the rear when you're like, oh man, just release this at six o'clock already. Those help prepare us for when real world missions came down or moments notice we had to be ready. Was mm-hmm. your gear ready? Was it packed? It's very helpful. Again, I go back to the coronavirus. I mean, being able to work longer hours, the op tempo, the stress. I mean, yes, it was still stressful, but it was it was manageable. I mean, you weren't pulling your hair out like potentially you could be if you didn't have that background and be able to manage that. Yeah. Hey, hey um, do you think movies portray the military life in a good way? And of course, you know, the movie I'm thinking about right now is Full Metal Jacket. You are pukes. You are the lowest form of life on earth. You are not even human fucking beings. You are nothing but unorganized, grabastic pieces of amphibian shit. So do you think those, do you think movies really portray the military? And also Top Gun. Full Metal Jacket. So from my perspective and a lot of the Marines that I know in my Marine generation will say the only things that are not accurate in Full Metal Jacket, I'm talking if you focus on just the boot camp experience only. Correct. Is we did not wear the hat, the little, um, the metal hat for Firewatch. We didn't have Mm -hmm. that. And then we had, uh, we didn't have the open toilets. Okay. But pretty much how he talks to everybody. Yeah. The drill sergeant. Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty much right on everything. Uh, Have you seen that movie? No, I have, I I have, but I don't, you know, it's, it's been a while. Yeah. What I, what I liked about the movie is how raw it is, how he went after everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, he went after your, your ethnicity. He went after your religion. He went after everything to break you down. So when somebody snickered cause you're yelling at, you know, this guy over here, he got right in your face and broke you down just as bad, if not worse. Wow. And it was just, and he met, made sure they know that I am judge during executioner and that's it. The only thing that was different in the Marine Corps is you just didn't have one on duty all the time. Usually it was two. Mm-hmm. So you had a senior drill instructor, which our senior drill instructor in the Marine Corps, at least during my time in my era, that mm-hmm. was like daddy, you know, like, you know, senior drill instructor love. I mean, that guy, you know, he'd come in and save the day. So you had your, you had your second in command. He was pretty tough. Everybody else was really hardcore. Then you had your junior. I think there was, we had five in total, but your senior was the guy that could, um, he'd come in and kind of save your drill instructor. They play like the, uh, like, you know, some mom, mom saves you when dad's getting too hard on you. That's how, that was kind of how it was in the Marine Corps. You know, he'd yeah. come in and kind of settle them down. All right, everybody leave. You know, but then when he was really mad, then you were really toast because it was, you know, on. Uh, but yeah, Full Metal Jacket was pretty accurate from my experiences. Um, I've heard the younger Marines. I think my brother, my younger brother went through the Marine Corps boot camp in 2004 and they don't put their hands on you anymore. They kind of would in the 90s when I was there, but nothing, nothing like the movie. So it wasn't that. I mean, but they, as far as breaking you down, verbal abuse, the games and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean. That's pretty accurate. When I was in the military, they, you couldn't even use your cell phone to call home. You had to use a pay phone. This is luxury. Now, yeah, we didn't have a cell phone. We just got letters. Now, so that's, now so, you can use your cell phone. 
So in the Marine, so remember I went in in 95, I graduated mm-hmm. high school in you know, 95, I stayed home that summer, did a construction job. And I went in, in, um, 88 and 95, right. Okay. I'll never forget that. Um, there was no cell phones, no nothing. So we'd get mm-hmm. letters, right? So letter writing is not something I really did as a kid, mm-hmm. uh, but you, you learn very quickly. You know, I mean, you write your mom, you know, maybe your dad writes you, maybe a girlfriend, but even if you get that, it's, you don't really have the time to do that. But really by the time the day was over and you finally got to, they weren't yelling at you as much. Mm-hmm. You wanted to you get your boots done, get everything tightened up. And you know, you're pretty much in bed because I mean, you're getting woken up by trash cans and whatnot, mm-hmm. even yeah. to the very end. Yeah. So. And what's funny, I, can, I remember we always had a full day. I don't know how they were able to cram so many things into a whole day. <laughs> we were up in the morning, like what, maybe 536. And then we were doing things from that time all the way through maybe like eight o'clock at night. So we were able to get a lot done during that time period. You always moved the purpose. I don't know. I mean, we're all over the place. I apologize, but yeah. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. Trust me. This is it. this is what it's all about, right? This is what it is. Sometimes you just you get so deep into uh, that not that memory lane. I, I want to share a story. Oh uh, man. So you know, we're talking about basic, and I remember, you know, our, you know, we used to get very creative. You know, we had all our stuff, you know, locked up in like a a, a closet. Mm-hmm. Somehow, my TI training instructor was out for a couple hours. So we had some guys go in and they stole their cards. They were playing, you know, card games. Oh, and, then wow. they, and then they went to uh, the BX or, the, you know, both places and they loaded up on mouthwash. And the BX for the listeners is uh, like a commissary store. Yeah. yeah. And they loaded up on mouthwash. I was like, all right, you know, I what was going on. They were drinking mouthwash to get drunk. Oh, wow. <laughs> They drank mouthwash wow. to get drunk. And I was like, it was kind of serious for them. But yeah, that was interesting. See, what's interesting is, so I have two brothers. My one brother, Jeff, wow. he was an Air Force guy. So I remember going down and watching him graduate. Uh, is it Lackland in San Antonio? Yep, it is. Yep. Yep. So he went down there and talking about, what do y'all call it? Like your flight buddy or whatever? Mm-hmm. You walked the yeah. DX with them or something like yeah, that? Yeah, like a uh, yeah, battle buddy or something like uh, that. So, so I can't remember what he called it. Uh, Cause he was like in a flight and I'm like, okay. And my mom's asking me, what does all this mean? And I don't have no idea. You know, at the time I'm in Southern Cal. And so I come in and my mom's like, you can wear your uniform. I was like, sure. So I'm over there, you know, Sergeant sitting there, watch this boot camp graduation. And my brother's telling me, and they're going to PX like in twos. Yeah. And I'm just going, what? Cause you don't do that in Marine Corps. No, you've got some of the, no, you don't do any of that. Even when you're in third phase, fiction graduate, that don't, doesn't happen. Wow. Really? I mean, that never happened. You're not going to PX period. You're not doing anything. You know, it's, I don't even think we had mouthwash. <laughs> I, think it was, <laughs> I think it was, I think we kind of, I think we, honestly, looking back at it, I only brushed my teeth after the lights were out because <laughs> there was no, there was no time. I mean, it yeah. was, uh, the only thing that saved me is, you know, I've been very blessed to have a baby face. So I don't think I shaved until I was like 23. So at 18, you know, I'm in there. I don't even think I changed out the safety razor. So I'm just, okay, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. You know, so at least I wasn't cutting myself like some of the guys were. They had these big old cuts on their face trying oh, to man. You know, do yeah. all that every day. But I'm glad I didn't have to go through that neither. Thank goodness I didn't have that problem. But yeah, I don't remember mouthwash now thinking about it. But they changed it. So when I first in the Marine Corps, they used to give you um you have direct deposit when you first mm-hmm. when you first get your face. You get a 
you get a check. We had this money valuable sock. I actually found it a couple of years ago. I was like, what is that? I was like, oh, I got to keep that. <laughs> and, it, 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 and you put all your money in your money valuable sock. And so, you know, when you needed to, um, you know, buy stuff like we used to, in the Marine Corps, we used to buy, um, we called it Cobra, right? It was, it was stuff you'd put in the floors to make it smell good. In the Marine Corps, you know, people forget the Marine Corps, a lot of the funding for the Marine Corps bases was back in World War II funds. Yeah. So you've got these old squad bays in there and you'd, you'd get this, buy these, these old green towels we had to buy in Marine Corps basic training. And I hear they don't do this anymore either. And they called it deck towel racing. So you'd have to get down on your hands, you know, with your rear and up and you'd race back and forth with like lines of six guys at a time going back and forth across the squad base. Well, that was like your mop. Yeah. You're driving oh, these uh, races. And I want to tell you, we're going to talk about, I probably should do that sometime because I was pretty in <laughs> shape. I mean, because your, your shoulders are burning, you're in that, you know, upward position and it was called deck towel races and you just go, you know, I wasn't big guy, but I was, you know, slender and tall. Yeah. And the smaller guys used to call them the mouses. They'd put them in between the racks so they could go into the racks easier. And you would just go up and down your squad base sweating, <laughs> but you had like pine saw or this Cobra stuff and you'd, which you dip your towels or actually not dipping it. They would dump the water on the floor. Now to think about it and you just go back and forth mm -hmm. and then, you know, do it until it was clean and dry. That's how you clean your barracks floors in the room. Wow. So, but they didn't do it. No four. Cause my, I asked my brother about deck towel races. He looked at me like I was crazy. I'm like, you didn't do that. I'm like, wow. Okay. Mm. They, they took out all the fun. So be basic training was, you know, that we're talking about, I'm, I'm starting to remember all this stuff now that you just haven't <laughs> thought of in years. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was good, but you know, it was just, I guess, a rite of passage, right? Like mm -hmm. we talked about, Absolutely. I think it was invaluable that they took away any of that, Hey, I was a varsity football player, you know, strut away from you, or you're the, you know, the super baseball guy or the ultimate basketball player. They just, they nipped that off very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. So my last question, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Thank, and thanks for, for all this information and definitely personal stories. <laughs> if you could improve one thing for veterans in America today, what would it be? So I've always said if I was, you know, high enough on the totem pole to correct things, first thing I would do is I always thought it was an injustice for, like this, say military policeman, for example, if you go to military mm. policeman school, why can't that young man or young woman get out of the military with a universal police certification where they could go to, whether if they want to go to New York, Dallas, you know, LA, why mm. couldn't that be sufficient? Mm. You know, like or, um, you know, why, why don't they put that into place where they would say, okay, or truck drivers, right? Why doesn't mm -hmm. every military truck driver automatically have their CDL license? Hmm. So whether if they decide to do so, okay, you drove a you drove a five ton, seven ton, or a HET, those big things you see in the army. I feel like that is what's missing to me is why aren't we advocating for them to say, listen, you drove a HET in Iraq, Afghanistan, uh, or you drove a maybe it's just up and down the roads of the uh, of the five in Southern Cal, but you drove these convoys and trucks. Why don't we up the training for those men and women? And then when they, whether they do four or 24, say, hey, you have a CDL and set them up for success. Mm -hmm. So they can get out and they can start contributing to society. Well, like a police officer or an AMP. One of my good friends, he uh, went to water purification, then moved over to uh, start doing avionics. I'm sorry, um, AMP, he was doing uh, 
C-130 uh, mechanics. Well, why he, he was started doing a lot of auto-the-job training before he went to his year-long school. While he was doing all his training, he started taking his for his uh, civilian A&P license. Well, it got to the point where he was certified as an A&P license, but the Marine Corps didn't recognize it. So it all needs to look at our training. And he's like, well, I'm going to get out. There's no reason for me to waste a year of my life going to the school when I'm already certified in transition. So that would be my, uh, that would be my thing. I, I like that one. That's, yeah. that's, that's a really good one, actually. Because, I mean, for me, prime example, I was an infantry guy. Then I moved mm-hmm. into logistics. And, you know, I didn't have a trade and I got out. Now, infantry, yeah. Yeah, that was small. I understand that should be different. But maybe they have a transition thing where you can say, hey, you know, if you want to be in law enforcement or something, could they have a, a program where that would um, better transfer over? Maybe entry is a bad example. Maybe we go back to military police is better. But, you know, like somebody in a warehouse, maybe. There's no, all types I, of warehouse police is excellent, though. I, I agree with you. They should have something like, you know, the same way they, they, broke, they broke you down and build you up. They should uh, prepare you to because it's not that transition is not easy. You're absolutely right. And I think if the military police did have that option to go be a cop wherever they may like, and they knew that sure. the process wouldn't have, they wouldn't have to start from square one or rather than them just getting a few extra points on a quiz, you know, they, they, they can advance in the training program and literally just a smooth transition. I think we'd have a lot, mm-hmm. you know, uh, safer, safer uh, police force. Out in- well, that or not just police, but how about fire too? I mean, yeah, of course, of course, if, if you're if either you're- way you put it, if you're a fireman or um, the other thing is too, is uh, they called it corpsman. I think it, uh, maybe it's medic for you guys in the mm-hmm. air force. How about those men and women? Why aren't they at the minimum an LVN certified when they get out? Yeah. I mean, when you got these guys and gals in the combat where they're pretty much doing everything an RN does, if not more, probably close to a PA in some cases, mm-hmm. why aren't those men and women at least given a LVN certification so they can get out, they can start contributing, they can start earning so I feel like that's one of the injustices that pe- people aren't talking about is, yes, I'm very grateful for the, the GI Bill. I mean, that's what paid for me to get my undergrad. And thank you for the Hazelwood Act, Texas, because I was able to use that for grad school. <laughs> but, you know, what happens if I would have got out and I had a family of four? Could I have went to, you know, a full-time four-year program to do that. Maybe not. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. No, I like that. Yeah. Me too. I never thought about it, but yeah. There's, there's what would y'all change? What, do you, what would y'all change? I'm just curious. Uh, well, mine, my platform would be the VA hospitals. Um, you know, I've been to a couple and getting uh, a veteran to get an appointment, it may take six months just for a routine checkup, routine care. Um, I personally look at it as, as a veteran I shouldn't have to go from Frisco to Dallas or Fort Worth to get seen. I, you know, um, think that as a veteran, if I wanted to go to a local hospital, you know, Baylor Methodist or, you know, any other hospitals that we can be seen. Um, But I know it's a political thing, who's going to pay for it. And that's one of the things I would change because these VA hospitals, the conditions aren't the best. And these are men and women that you know, fought and served for us, and they're just not, in my opinion, not getting the care that that they deserve. Hey, there's so much red tape with the VA. It's almost like mm-hmm. to me, deal with the VA is like going to boot camp all over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Because <laughs> you, you show up on the for the Marine Corps days, you show up in the yellow footsteps, and you're 
you know, like a deer in headlights and there's, there's no help. I mean, they they have advocacy groups. I know Texas Veterans Commission is great. DAV is great. VW is great. Mm-hmm. But you really needed to be, you almost need someone just to hold your hand and get you, get you into the, into the program, whether it's yeah. seen disability compensation or just understand your right. Yeah. 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 No. All right, Marcus, you're up. Um, mine, mine is very simple, very mo- uh, millennial of me, but, uh, I, I would encourage all streaming services that require a subscription. I should be able to upload my DD214 show that I serve. And whether it's, uh, what is it, Netflix, um, Apple Music, Spotify, anything, if I want to elect to be part of those services, I get like a veteran's discount. It's 30%, 50% off, you know, just for serving. And they just honor that. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. And I, and I think on <laughs> Veterans Day, I think the toll road should be free for veterans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <Nah. you> know. <laughs> yes. I drive all over. <laughs> yeah. No, oh. but hey, Jared, thanks again so much. It was, it was no, an excellent conversation, man. Really appreciate it. And happy Veterans Day to you. Happy Veterans Day all as well. Thanks for your service. Yes, I really want to thank Jared for joining in and letting us know what it really takes to be a Marine and not only the old Marines, but the new Marines today as well. No, I agree. And I I liked how he mentioned that just one of his buddies, they were just driving along and Mm -hmm. they went to the recruiter office and, you know, he had that determination that this is what he wanted to do. That kind of guided him. And, you know, one of the the things, you know, we talked about was, you know, the movies, Mm -hmm. Full Metal Jacket. Mm -hmm. You know, it was that, that first hour of that movie. To me, it was great. Yeah. You know, I can I can watch that and really just kind of seeing how, uh, what do you call them, Gomer Pyle in the movie? But yeah, so I haven't. I mean, I've seen the movie, but it's it's a little outdated for me. You know, really resonate with you guys, but I'm pretty sure that it's a great movie. I'll be sure to watch it again this weekend. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna hold you up to that. All right, all right. But yeah, really really good uh, podcast episode. Um, I do like the fact of how he challenged us to ask the questions of what changes we'd make for veterans. And, you know, we're all passionate. Mm-hmm. You know, Jared had his passion, which was really, you know, on point. You know, I had mine and you had yours. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, in all honesty, I don't think you can really put them in, in any particular order because I think they all have their own bearing, mm-hmm. their own I reasoning agree. to move forward. And with that being said, I just want to say that I'm pretty proud, KP, that we've so far had three military veteran guests and none of the conversations have been the same. No, they haven't. They've been from very different perspective so and you know as a veteran that's what we do mm-hmm. you know we put things into place and i'm just proud of the veterans proud of the month that we're celebrating you know we want to try and encourage it you know 12 months out of the year oh, but wow. you know we will take this time and salute our veterans yes sir yes sir thank you to all our listeners make sure you subscribe to hear more episodes from kp and mc the med vets <laughs>